In the bonus room, David first talks about the mambo scene, and as an ex-trumpet player, I had to ask him about the great trumpet solo that Wayne Bergeon plays. We end our conversation by talking about the genius of Stephen Sondheim. The very beginning, as the camera pops in and you hear the noise, and you hear those little, the what Bernstein called pitch drums, they're just, they're four, um, oh, you know, right, tom, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. orchestral toms, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it goes, you know, one, three, two, four, always it's, you know, and, and, and it just, you know, and we had to way elongate this too. We, we, we went insane trying to figure out the beginning kept changing and what we would do with the, you know, and we added all sorts of things and then we didn't, and then we, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but immediately you are drawn in by the whole sound collage environment, and there is nobody better than Spielberg at doing this. And Andy Nelson, his dubbing mixer, and the sound guy, and the cinematographer, who they've all won a bunch of Academy Awards. They're all, they're all like you said, at the top of their game. But everybody just felt like this was something special. It isn't about us. It's about West Side Story. Yeah. And it's a very unique experience. Well, you're talking about at the beginning, too. I mean... Um... Uh, Kushner talked about, and I don't know if he mentioned this book or not, but I don't know if you, you know the the book on Robert Moses called The Power Broker by Robert Yeah, Carroll. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the beginning of, of West Side Story is yeah. is that, you know, um, yeah. the destruction of, of the neighborhood. And, and so much yeah. of Carol's book was, was about that. And, and, yeah. and, and that's one of the things that seems like they really wanted to get across. Quick question on Mambo, um, which is elongated, I think, because of the choreography. And it's even long. It's even longer than the movie. Yeah, it's the long. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. And um, I assume the trumpet, the fantastic trumpet solo, is by Wayne Berjon. Okay, um, I've never met him, but boy, <laughs> unbelievable player. And did yeah. you did you guys just say, um, okay, go for it, play what you want to, or was there's it written out, there are or? eight there are eight bars that are written out. Okay. The, it, so you do the in 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 the mambo in the in the um in the uh, uh, it's in the symphonic dance. It is in the symphonic. The, there's there's yeah, the, a, the thing that goes da da dum da 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 Yeah, yeah, that okay. That's yeah. right now. So he yeah, did yeah, that, yeah. I believe, and then it, and then it, you know, then but he then has like get, yeah. fifty bars to keep to keep going. Yeah. Um. And but we, you know, Wayne, when we did it in L.A., Wayne played. We did the '61 movie. He did the premiere. Um, he did it in New York. We did it in Philadelphia. We did it in Chicago. I don't think there was any principal trumpet that I know that played it of all the orchestras I went to. Maybe, maybe San Francisco, somebody. Oh, Mark Inouye, maybe, because he's a, he plays great jazz. He's a great jazzer. In addition to being a great symphonic player. Yeah. No, no, nobody can play it like. No. And and he, and, and, and again, this was a big friggin' deal. So we did it with him live. Then we did, we recorded it without the trumpet. Mm-hmm. And then we let him do it on his own. But I, I swear, Tony, it was one or two takes. Yeah. Nothing. I, I He just, he was so prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Everybody was so prepared in the orchestra for everything. I mean, I, it. everyone could tell this was something special. So you, you got, we got everybody's, including Dudamel, who was just, great through the whole thing and these horrible he had to conduct all the stuff that they stemmed in la Mm -hmm. all with a click track because it's post so all the tempos have been set even he was just like great about it you know just everyone pushing and you know i mean it had its 
downs too. Yeah, but sure. mostly it was mostly it was just amazing. Well, Dudamel seems like a great live. guy. I've heard from so many yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a lovely guy. You know. So, so anyway, here's a question for you: Were you ever in the same room then uh, at the same time with um, both Steven Sondheim and Steven Spielberg? Eh, a couple times. That must. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, Just being in a room Sondheim's with these two giants must Sondheim's, be unbelievable. Sondheim's, Sondheim's pretty was pretty old, you know. Yeah. He passed away. He he was, was ninety two, I think. When he, yeah, yeah, he he would he would kind of be asleep on the couch, and mm-hmm. you know, and he he was he wasn't as spry as you might imagine he would be. Yeah. That I was, and again, I really wasn't. He didn't come to any of the um, the the orchestra stuff. He was just at the vocal stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but I know Stephen loved, you know, they, they had been working on it for years. So, you know, three, four years ago is when this whole thing started. So yeah. I know Sondheim was an integral part in the, in the, the whole thing, you know, and, and Sondheim, quite frankly, is the most um, flexible of the four family, you know, it's like the four <laughs> mafia families, you know, uh-huh. he's, he's, he's always been the most flexible about his lyrics as you alluded to he, yeah he doesn't mind um and he and he critiques himself and he's a very unusual um very very unusual great artist again i don't think anybody will take up that mantle yeah i, I, I wish, some, I I wish it. it i wish it, it i wish he had done what oscar hammerstein did i'm sure he tried for him to somebody else i think he tried that with jonathan larson you know who did rent mm-hmm. but i mean i like rent but it's not it's just a different animal than what Sondheim was doing. Sondheim was doing something that is that is, you know, we, you know, on on the on the um, during the pandemic, my thirty year old opera singer and her friends, we had about twenty of us, and we went through all. I told you, Peter Grimes, right, for right, months, but we also went through the first act of Sweeney Todd for about six months. Oh, I played that in L.A. And, yeah, that is a that's a master very composer. It is sort of a masterpiece. Um, I, I, the Dies Irae is used all through it as a as a as a, as a fixed idea. Um, there's all kinds of interesting harmony and lyrics and story and every. I, I, you know, I I just I don't see that that's has spawned. I think it's just he's just too good. Yeah, he's too talented. It, it, that comes along once in a generation. Yeah, I think you exactly. Know? I don't. Know. Maybe maybe we're too old or I'm too old, but. Um, it's not that I don't I like stuff on Broadway. It's just not it's not like not like that. Yeah. You know there's a um we saw just recently this it's a, a movie maybe for Netflix or Amazon or something about um Jonathan Larson is that his name who did Yeah, yeah, yeah. TikTok, TikTok. TikTok, yeah, yeah. and Stephen Sondheim is is, is yeah. featured in that. Yeah. And you know talking yeah. about uh, about uh, how self-critical he was. He said the lyrics this this is a direct quote from he was on um, the actor studio. And when he talked about somewhere, the the direct quote is he said that his lyrics are deeply embarrassing. He finds it deeply yeah. embarrassing, and it's great lyrics. So, yeah. so there you go. I don't, you know, Tony. Sometimes composers aren't the best, the best judge of, of, of their own work. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, I know he loves that song from Pacific Overtures, the "In a Tree," I think it's called. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I, they're, they're. He's he's a. That's the other thing is, is Sondheim took lyrics to a level that are. It's almost like a philosophical treatise. His mm-hmm. his treatment of lyrics, his rhyme schemes, and like I'm not much of a poetry person, 
but we did look at it a lot in Sweeney Todd. Um, and he does these, he does have a signature of the way he rhymes things. And he does have a sense of how a word sounds since he's writing the music as well. He's looking for words that have a musical sound, you know, like in, or he'll take a conundrum, like a, like he'll do like the song in a little night music that the old lady sings called liaisons when she's describing all the men she had had affairs with the, all the important men. And she's looking for a rhyme for liaisons. And, and, and he comes up with the rhyme of raisins. That's what, <laughs> that's what rhymes with liaisons. Yeah. And, and, and it, it becomes a quirky kind of poke fun at myself for the character. Because mm-hmm. everything he does is character based. I'm sure he talks about that. Um, uh, that she's almost, it's kind of a wry throwaway comment. She's kind of a raisin. She's an old lady. She's wrinkled like a raisin. Um, or like one of my favorite Sondheim is from Into the Woods, um, where Cinderella sings on the steps of the palace where the prince wants to marry her and she doesn't know what to do because if she marries him, she'll be so out of place. She won't know how to act. But, um, but if she doesn't, will she regret it? And she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what to do. And then she decides. She And then the, the orchestra starts trilling. And she's, she's out of the blue. I decide what to do. I'm, uh, you know, and she says, I, I've decided not to decide. And I'll just leave them a clue, a shoe, and the goo. So it's like three. So he ends it with these three little pop right together, you know, rhymes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he finishes the, the, the song, you know. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes Sondheim has weird ways of finishing songs. If I could criticize anything, I would, I would think the, he sometimes doesn't know how to end a song. Hmm. But, um, but again, you can see that lineage from Rodgers and Hammerstein or Rodgers and Hart or Jerome, the earlier guys, you know, through Bernstein, through... Um, uh, Sondheim, you know, who knows what Bernstein would have done had he kept writing musical theater, you know, he, he was too much of a snob to do it, but um, and I think to his detriment I, I think he lived in a bad time too to write the kind of music he wanted to write, it was just so out of fashion in the university you know, it was it was all, everything was serialized, you know Right, they, and, God, and he wanted to be Mahler, I think too, and he won't, yeah you know, yeah, it just, it, it, you know, had he had he been at a different time it, i think it would have had it he would have had a different life yeah but anyway you know sondheim I, I this i mentioned this this speech that he gave one thing he talked about he he said he thought the greatest lyrics ever written were for porgy and bess and he used the example yeah. of summertime he said summertime and living is easy he said he yeah. and every other uh person would have written summertime when the living is easy but just that yeah. one word substituting and for when he said made all yeah. the difference and yeah. and the the care that it seems like that he takes with with everything that he does i mean it's just amazing to me yeah i i i would beg to differ i think i think sondheim's written the greatest lyrics that have been in the in the in the musical theater yeah world. yeah I, it's just it a, dip, it's a different me, yeah too. it's a different it's a different thing he's he's much more of a philosopher i think um more like 
I don't know. I don't know my modern philosophy. That's not Heidegger. It's the um, the. Uh, I can't. I can't think of it. I. I just like I. I find stuff in Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. Just the lyrics alone make you elicit a, a reaction that music generally elicits. Just the lyric yeah. itself, the way it sounds, the 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 the. The integration of music and lyrics, I just, just nobody's done that. Yeah. Even West Side, West Side Story didn't do that at all. It's a, West Side Story is a completely different animal. But I, I, I think without West Side Story, I don't know that he would have, something happened to him, I'm sure, being able to work with those guys. And then, of course, it's, it's a big hit. And so it, it, it gives him all this access and, you know, and he takes advantage of it, you know, because yeah. that's the Yeah, boy, that's works. for sure. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you All probably right. have to go. I certainly appreciate you taking the time. I no, know you're fun. really, really busy. So eh, busy enough. So. <laughs> I appreciate it. it. Was fun. It's fun talking to another musician about it. I, I, it, it's I, I think it's a miraculous movie. I, I think it, it really should be seen in a theater. It's a shame that we live in the times that we live, and um, I'm glad I got to see it in a theater several times, and I'll never forget it when I, I saw it at Fox. Uh, Last year, end of the summer, I was I had not seen the whole thing. I was I know West Side Story, I would venture as well as anybody. I was completely, absolutely I don't know, I know this blown away, I guess. I don't know how else to describe it. I, I the from the minute I saw the West Side Story, that scene that we discussed, uh opening and then the West Side Story title, mm-hmm. the color design of it, the oppressiveness of it that this world is just crushing them and this beautiful love grows up like a little weed through concrete and then they smash that out and maybe there's some hope at the end, but, um, and how these guys clarified all this motivation and gave, I think West side story, the, the, the movie that the music deserves. Yeah. I love the 61 movie, but this is, this is something it's not it's not mutually exclusive. They they are what they are, but this is this is a great production of West Side Story. Yeah, I think I I mean I think it's a great American film of, yeah, of yeah. a great American masterpiece. I think it'll be around forever. Yeah. yeah. And you say it's interesting you say blown away, which is the way I feel, but blown away, but it also has incredibly great subtlety, you know, yeah. with with just about every scene. So Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And 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 you watch it again if you Watch the camera movements. The camera's almost always moving perfectly in conjunction with the phrases, the musical phrases. Hmm. It's weird. I'll have to check that out when it comes on Yeah, I've never... I don't remember that in any of the Rodgers and Hammerstein movies that my dad did. Camelot sort of had it, but this... You know, the, the technology's so much better now, and it's so much easier to move a camera around in a in a set, so... Yeah. It's it's probably not a fair comparison. Anyway, great to talk to yeah, you. If you have any questions or anything, let me know. Okay, take care, okay? All right. <laughs>